upon the sea. A ship was tossing to and fro. Breakers dashed on every hand. Angry winds around it blow. All on board were filled with pride as the mighty billows rolled. Then they called upon the one who the winds and waves controlled. When he reaches out his hand, billows cease at his command. Winds and waves obey his will. When he says to them, be still, what man is this they all did say, that the winds and seas obey? He's the one who sails with me. He's the master of the sea. Though the storms of life may rage and the billows round you roll, he can calm our troubled sea as he did in days of old. As upon life sea you sail, trust in him who never fails. I'm so glad he sails with me. He's the master of the sea. When he reaches down his hand, billows cease at his command. Winds and waves obey his will. When he says to them, be still. What man is this they all did say that the winds and seas obey? He's the one who sails with me. He's the master of the sea. Amen. That's right. Amen. Stay standing. Sing a little bit more of that. Praise God. Amen. 418. Sing that second verse one more time. I'm thankful that the Lord is the master of my sea, aren't you? Though the storms of life may rage and the billows round you troubled sea as he did in days of old as upon my sea you oh I like this now trust in him yeah, man. I'm so glad he sails with me he's the master of the sea lifted up tonight when he reaches out his hand, billows cease at his command. Winds and saints obey his will. 
When he says to them, be still. What man is this they all did say? That the winds and seas obey. He's the one. Oh, I'm glad he's piling my ship. He's the master of the sea. Turn around, fellowship with one another. It's good to be in the Lord's house. Amen. The Lord's good to us tonight, isn't he, church? Aren't you thankful that he is the master of your sea? Amen. If he was able to calm the winds and the waves and say, peace be still, back in our Lord's day, he's still able to do the same in our day. Praise God. I'm thankful for who he is and what he's still able to do on behalf of his people. Amen. We hadn't done prayer requests or anything. All right. Uh, amen. The Lord's good to us. I don't know about anybody else, but I, uh, I got some help this morning. Anybody else get some help? Amen. I'm thankful when the Lord helps us. And um, amen. You say, preacher, what will help you? Not, the, uh, not man's word, but God's word. It'll uh, help you more than anything else will do. So, uh, but I can't, I can't live off leftovers. I need a a fresh batch tonight, amen, and I believe God will um, meet us and help us this evening as he's already done so this morning. Uh, any announcements that uh, need to be made tonight? Uh, I'm not aware of any, but uh, anything that needs to be shared, uh, you do so at this time. Prayer requests, what do we need to pray about tonight, church? Amen. Pam's requesting prayer for her neighbors, that the Holy Spirit would draw them unto himself. Amen. I believe God's able to do that. I still believe in the power of conviction. And I believe that without conviction, there'll be no salvation. Amen. But uh, So let's pray for her neighbors. Somebody else this evening? Yes, do remember the Jones Stewart family, again, friends of myself, and uh, dear lady, good lady, uh, daughter of uh, uh, preacher Arthur 
uh, Renfro, and uh, loved loved them dearly, and uh, remember this uh, this family in prayer. Somebody else tonight. Well, that's good. When we uh, come to the end of life, will we be satisfied with uh, with what we've done for the Lord, or will we have regrets, uh, saying I should have done more than what I did, should have told more about Jesus than what I what I have? Amen. It's good, Mary. We need we need a burden not just for the lost folk and for others. We need a burden over ourselves. If I ever get to that place in my life where I'm satisfied with my own spirituality, as if I've somehow reached a plateau, and amen, I've heard of, uh, I believe it was uh, Harold Seitler, as an old man said that uh, he'd been studying the Bible all his life and he'd yet to scratch the surface. Amen. I'm, I'm afraid a lot of times we make more out of what we do than we should. And uh, amen. Uh, the Bible says that we ought not think higher of ourselves than what we ought to think. And I'm afraid we're guilty of that, aren't you? Amen. I want to have an accurate estimation of my own life. See, my, see myself as God sees me. Know myself as He knows me. Amen. All right, others today. Let's pray for our church. Amen. Don't think God's finished with United Baptist Church yet, do you? I believe he's got a work for us to do. And uh, with all my heart, I think good days uh, lay ahead for us. Doesn't mean that there aren't some hard times. Amen. As long as we're here, there'll be hard times. But I believe there's still some, uh, amen, say, preacher, we've been through the valley. Well, uh, amen, uh, on the other side of every valley, there's two mountains. And I believe that good things, uh, amen, good things uh, are around the corner for us if we'll just be faithful to Him. Uh, amen. Any other prayer needs tonight? Crystal and Terry DeWeese. Was, uh, had lunch with my good buddy Michael Brobeck and his family uh, today after church, and uh, he was informing me of a, uh, a friend of his, a young man, that uh, took his own life last night. Isn't that sad? We just don't realize what uh, people are going through and um, just how, um, how desperately they need the Lord. So we just need to pray for this family during their time of need. Any, any others tonight before we, uh, we go to the Lord in prayer?
Well, if you'd like to join me at the altar, uh, you can do so. If not, pray there in your seats. Let's get a hold of God. I ask your prayers uh, for not just the service tonight, uh, for the message as it's preached. I do believe we had some folk here this morning that had some special needs. Uh, and uh, amen. Pray that the Lord will continue to deal with our heart. Amen. Uh, we need to see people saved here at United Baptist Church. And um, so pray for those that were here this morning that had special need. Brother, Brother Lyle, you lead us in prayer, brother. Father, we do thank you, God, tonight for this uh, blessed opportunity we have to come into your midst together, Lord, uh, together with the people of God. And, uh, Lord, I thank you, dear Jesus, Lord, uh, Father, that we can come to a place such as this and, uh, Lord, worship you. Father, certainly that's why we're here. Uh, Lord, not just here to be seen. We're here for no other reason, Lord, to lift up and to magnify and to exalt the name of the one that's worthy. That's our Savior. Uh, Lord, I pray, God, that everything that's said and done here tonight would uh, be pleasing and acceptable in thy sight. Lord, I pray that from the beginning to the end, Lord, that... Uh, Lord, you might be right in the midst of everything that's done here. Thank you, Lord, for the manifestation of your presence, Lord, earlier today. Lord, helping us. And, Lord, just giving us a little bit more to, to, to take us further on down the road in life's journey. Lord, I pray, God, that we wouldn't be satisfied or content with anything that has been done. But, Lord, we'd press on and, Lord, we'd look forward to what we believe that you're going to do for us in the future. Lord, I pray, Father, tonight, uh, Lord, you'd forgive us for our sins and our shortcomings and our failures. Uh, Lord, Father, we're not worthy. We fall short of the glory of God. But, Lord, I pray our lives might be holy and acceptable in thy sight. Lord, I pray that you cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, I pray, Father, Lord, that uh, we just allow our lives to be vessels meet with the Master Jesus. Prepared unto every good work, Lord. Just, uh, Lord, thank you for the message you've laid on our heart. And Lord, I pray that you use it to make a difference in the lives of your people, Lord, that it would not be preached through the demonstration of the flesh, but Lord, through the strength of the Holy Spirit of God. Give us an option tonight. Lord, I pray, Father, Lord, when we uh, leave this place, we might be able to say that, Lord, uh, Father, Jesus has done it all, and Lord, that uh, your name has been magnified above all else. And Lord, uh, God, uh, Father, Lord, would you just, uh, Lord, bless your people. God, would you just help us, Father, during our time of need, God. Lord, we need you more today than we've ever needed you. Uh, Father, Lord, I don't know what we're going to do, Father, unless you, Lord, you come through for us. Lord, you do for us what we stand in need of, God. Certainly, God, there's a need, there's a great need. Father, Lord, we have a great need. Lord, we all, Lord, this church has a great need. Lord, America has a great need. Uh, Green County, Lord, has a great need. My family, God, my life, Lord, uh, has a great need. Lord, I'm so thankful for every great need. Lord, we have an even greater God has both the ability and the desire to meet our needs for it to hear us and the power that works in us. In Jesus' name we pray. 
right. This time we'll uh, take up our Sunday night offering. Amen. You give the Lord's blessed and prospered you. Amen. Lord loves a cheerful giver tonight. Father in heaven, I do love you. I thank you, Father, for, uh, Lord, um, Lord, the fact that we can give to you. Lord, uh, as a, a token of our appreciation of how you've given to us. Lord, we know that giving, Lord, is an expression of worship. And uh, Lord, before we ever expect to receive anything from you, Lord, I pray that we would first be quick to give back to you. And Lord, um, Father, I'm thankful uh, for the greatest gift of all, and that is the gift of our salvation through Jesus Christ. And Lord, we're so thankful, God, that you didn't hold back from us, but you gave, you gave, um, uh, Lord, you gave uh, more than what you should have. But Lord, it was through your gift that our need was met. So Lord, also our gifts um, are used to meet the needs that exist in our lives and in our church. So Meet the need, bless those that are able to give, those who cannot give. Lord, would you supply their every need? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. you thankful that you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb? Amen. Amen. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus. A lot of churches uh, don't like to talk about the blood. Uh, amen. They call it that old slaughterhouse religion. Well, I'm thankful for the blood. I'm not ashamed of the blood. Amen. That was the price that was required that I might be saved. And it was what was offered up, uh, amen, to secure my redemption. Uh, amen. We're not redeemed by corruptible things as of silver and gold. The vain conversation that we've received by the tradition of our fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Amen. Are you thankful for the blood? Amen. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission for our sins. All right. Amen. Uh, good to be here tonight. Somebody have something on your heart. Uh, praise the Lord. A song or a testimony, something God's done for you, just something maybe that the Lord spoke to you through the service this morning that you'd like to share uh, this evening. You mind the Lord, be obedient tonight. God been good to anybody? You know, sometimes asking for testimonies is like pulling teeth. And it ought not be that way. Amen? Man, we're blessed. That's what a preacher, you know what a preacher ought to, I don't, I've seen it done. We ought to, 
Start naming names and say, such and such, would you give you testimony? Amen. What's God done for you? Amen. Some of you would fall over and have a heart attack. Hallelujah. Amen. Anybody have anything tonight? Amen. 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 That'll get the job done. When a fire breaks out, people will come to watch it burn. Amen? That's what we need. We need to fire the Lord. Amen. But we got to believe it. We believe we got to believe it's possible in this day of, of deadness and dryness. Do you know that's, uh, <laughs> amen, that's the best conditions uh, to start a fire. Is during a time of deadness and dryness. Amen. I, I don't believe it'd take just, just a little bit of a spark. To, amen. For the fire of God to fall. And, but we've got to get our hearts right. And we've got to have a desire for it. One thing that I, I'll say tonight in the message. I'm afraid that God has a greater desire than to, to meet our need than we do for our need to be met. Amen. I'm afraid God's got more of a burden to help us and to do for us than we have for Him to do for us what needs to be done. Amen? And that's strange because He's not the one that stands in need. We are. Amen. So, uh, but He's able. I believe He's able. And I believe He will do His part if we'll just yield and surrender ourselves to Him. Amen. Anybody else this evening? I'm going to ask Miss Holly to come sing. She's mad at me because uh, she's never sang the song. She's never practiced the song that I'm going to ask her to sing. But I believe it'd be what the Lord would have for us this evening. Amen. Anybody else that wants to sing, you can. I know Holly would probably. Do what? Were you going to sing it? I'll do it. Well, well, okay, we'll let her do hers. Pray for me that she don't put me in the doghouse over this, all right? She's willing to fix supper for me, praise.
tell you that's something we need is to pray a hedge of protection around each other. Amen? We don't stand a fighting, fighting chance unless we're willing to pray for each other. Even if pain comes Sunday.
364 and you go. Sing it with me. for that time. Thank you. 
Praise the Lord. Uh, once was enough. Right? When Jesus died and hung on that tree, he cried out, It is finished. Amen. When God does something, he does it right. Amen. Especially when it comes to man's salvation. Appreciate that, Pam. How many of you believe he's coming back? Amen. First time he came as a lion, or excuse me, as a lamb. The next time it'll be as a lion. Praise God. The lion of the tribe of Judah. Amen. Praise God. It's good. Uh, anything else before we preach this evening? Have you been obedient tonight? Second Kings. Back in Second Kings. Chapter 19. We're in chapter 4. This morning, we'll be in chapter number 19. Tonight, I'm going to read quite a bit of scripture this evening. And uh, I will say this before we get started, in, in order to understand the context of everything that's going going on in these verses, it'd be good to study. We're going to start reading verse number 14, but really you need to start back and read uh, chat number 18, uh, chat number 18 and 19 to understand the context of the passage, but just uh, for sake of time tonight, we'll begin uh, looking at verse number 14 of 2 Kings chat number 19. I'm not going to ask you to stand uh, because we will be reading quite a bit. But if you found your place this evening, say amen. Verse number 14, 2 Kings chapter number 19. And Hezekiah received the letter of the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up into the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, which dwellest between the cherubims, thou art the God. Even thou alone. Notice it didn't say that he was a God. It says he's the God. Amen. Uh, thou alone of all the kingdoms of the earth, thou hast made heaven and earth. Uh, Lord, bow down thine ear and hear. Open, Lord, thine eyes and see and hear the words of Sennacherib, which hath sent him to reproach the living God. Of a truth, Lord, the kings of Assyria have destroyed the nations and their lands, and have cast their gods into the fire. For they were no gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore they have been destroyed, or they have destroyed them. Now therefore, O Lord our God, I beseech thee, save thou us out of his hand. How many of you believe that God's still able to save? Amen. That all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord God, even thou only. Then Isaiah the son of Amos sent to Hezekiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, That which thou hast prayed to me against Sennacherib king of Assyria, I have heard. Do you believe that God hears our prayers tonight? This is the word that the Lord hath spoken concerning him. The virgin, the daughter of Sion, hath despised thee, and laughed thee to scorn, the daughter of Jerusalem, 
hath shaken her head at thee, whom hast thou reproached and blasphemed? And against whom hast thou exalted thy voice and lifted up thine eyes on high? Even against the Holy One of Israel. By thy messengers thou hast reproached the Lord and hast said, With the multitude of my chariots I am come up to the height of the mountains, to the sides of Lebanon, and will cut down the tall cedar trees thereof, and the choice fir trees thereof, and I will enter into the lodgings of his borders, and into the forest of his carmel. I have digged and drunk strange waters, and with the sole of my feet have I dried up all the rivers of the besieged places. Hast thou not heard long ago how I have done it, and of ancient times that I have formed it? Now have I brought it to pass, that thou shouldest be to lay waste fenced cities into ruinous heaps, Therefore their inhabitants were of small power. They were dismayed and confounded. They were as the grass of the field and as the green herb, as the grass on the housetops, and as corn blasted before it be grown up. But I know thy abode, and thy going out, and thy coming in, and thy rage against me. Because thy rage against me and thy tumult is come up into mine ears." Therefore will I put my hook in thy nose, and my bridle in thy lips, and will turn thee back by the way by which thou camest, and this shall be a sign unto thee, ye shall eat this year such things as grow of themselves. And in the second year, that which springeth of the same, and in the third year, sow ye and reap, and plant vineyards, and eat the fruits thereof. And the remnant that is escaped of the house of Judah shall yet again take root downward and bear fruit upward. Can I say to you, if you're going to bear fruit upward, you're going to have to take root downward. (laughs) I like that. Uh, For out of Jerusalem shall go forth a remnant, and they that escape out of Mount Zion, the zeal of the Lord of hosts, shall do this. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, concerning the king of Assyria, he shall not come into this city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shield, nor cast a bank against it. By the way that he came, by the same shall he return, and shall not come into this city, saith the Lord, for I will defend this city. Don't you believe we need to pray that the Lord would defend our city? To save it for mine own sake, and for my servant David's sake. And it came to pass that night, that the angel of the Lord went out and smote in the camp of the Assyrians an hundred, fourscore, and five thousand. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went and returned and dwelt at Nineveh. In other words, God did what He said He was going to do. And it came to pass as He was worshiping in the house of Nisroch, His God, that... Uh, Adramelech and Sherezer, his sons, smote him with the sword, and they escaped into the land of Armenia, and Esarhaddon, his son, reigned in his stead. With the Lord's help tonight, we just preach on this very simple but much-needed thought. There's power in prayer. Power in prayer. Father in heaven, I love you tonight, and, and God, I just thank you, Lord, for uh, God what you've done today. Lord, I just feel like we've made some progress Uh, today and Lord you've moved us forward and God we need that to be the case 
Lord, we've got a long way to go, but Lord, I do believe there's light at the end of the tunnel. I believe that help's on the way, Father, and I believe that if we'll just uh, stand still and see the Lord's salvation and be still and know that He is the Lord our God, Lord, we'll be looking, at, looking back at it and say, look what the Lord has done. Grant that, Father. Lord, if it's going to be done, you're going to have to be the one that does it. Lord, it's not through our power nor by our might, but it's by your Spirit, saith the Lord God of hosts. Lord, I pray that you'd use us tonight to preach, to be a help and a blessing to your people. And Father, we need you. We cannot preach without you. We need a fresh touch, uh, a fresh unction. Lord, we need you to help us tonight. God, help us to make much of Jesus. Hide us behind the old rugged cross of Calvary, honor your word, exalt your son by way of your humble servant. Lord, we're going to praise you in advance for what we believe you're going to do in Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said. So we find here this man named Hezekiah. Hezekiah was one of the great kings of Judah. Again, Israel uh, a long time before had been divided into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom uh, of Israel and then the southern kingdom of Judah. And both nations uh, declined uh, after they were divided. But yet Israel, uh, her, her decline was swifter than Judah's. There were very few, if any, godly kings uh, in, uh, that, that reigned over the northern kingdom uh, after Solomon's reign, and, and again after Solomon ruled and reigned, um, amen, uh, Rehoboam began reigning in Judah, Jeroboam began reigning in Israel, and it was a time of apostasy, a slow, steady apostasy from that moment forward. Ultimately, both kingdoms were carried off into captivity. Uh, Israel was carried off by the Assyrians, the very group we're talking about uh, here, and uh, Judah ended up, up being carried off by the Babylonians, what we're studying on Wednesday nights during the times of Jeremiah. But uh, Hezekiah was one of the, was one of the great kings uh, who reigned in over Judah. He was a revivalist. Uh, he brought revival. He brought genuine revival unto the land of Judah. And uh, one of the reasons that he brought revival unto the land, first of all, he was willing to get rid of the high places. He removed the idols, the false gods that the Lord's people had been worshiping for some time. He restored the temple. Amen. He, he placed an emphasis upon the house of, of God. How many of you think that it would do God's people well uh, to put an emphasis and a priority upon the house of God? Amen. Now I know that, that we don't have to be at His house to worship Him. We can worship Him at home and we need to. But yet I believe those who love Him will uh, have a desire to come to His house. Amen. And worship Him. So again it was very important to Hezekiah that he, uh, amen, rebuild and restore the house of the Lord that had been neglected for some time. But more than that, and really the most outstanding attribute and characteristic of Hezekiah's life, he was a man of prayer. 
He was a man who knew how to get a hold of God. And we find, uh, first of all, here in chapter number 19 of our text, an example of how that when he was surrounded by the enemy, he didn't know what to do. It seemed as if there was no answer, no solution, no remedy, because Judah at that point in time was very weak. And they had been threat they were being threatened, being besieged, basically being starved out by the Assyrians, who at that time was the greatest power in all the world. They were very uh, um, brutal, uh, amen, brutal people. They were ferocious. They did not uh, give any mercy to their enemies, so to speak. Uh, they were greatly feared. And here, Jerusalem, uh, Judah had been invaded, uh, Jerusalem had been surrounded, and if God did not intervene, the city would fall and it would be destroyed. Amen. But yet, Hezekiah knew what to do during a, during a hard time. Amen. Friend, you need to know what to do uh, when your journey gets tough, when your road gets hard. You need to know where to turn. You know, you need to know uh, who to turn to before your life uh, takes a downward trend. Amen. Hezekiah knew that he didn't need to go to Egypt, amen, and look for, uh, for a deliverer from the world, so to speak. He knew uh, that his answer was found in the Lord, his God. So he was a man of prayer, not only here in chapter number 19, but then in chapter number 20, we find that the Bible says that Hezekiah was sick unto death. And the prophet, this same prophet Isaiah, uh, amen, who came to Hezekiah, or excuse me, of whom Hezekiah came to uh, during uh, the first trial, amen, Isaiah came into Hezekiah the second time and just pretty much point blank looked him in the face and said, oh, by the way, you're going to die. <laughs> Get your house in order. Now, uh, how would you respond to, to that kind of news? Probably the same way Hezekiah did. The Bible says that he turned his face into the wall and he cried and he wept bitterly. Amen? Nothing wrong with weeping during a time of need. But he prayed unto the Lord. Uh, he, he, uh, he prayed fervently unto the Lord his God. And before Isaiah had made it out, uh, of, the, uh, of the king's house, the spirit came to him and, and told him, said, go back and tell him that he's not going to die, but I have extended his life. Now, to me, that is, uh, that's amazing. Uh, that is significant. To think that one man's prayer could make such a difference in his own life. You say, preacher, do you believe that Hezekiah's prayer changed God's mind? I'm not willing to go that far <laughs> because God is who He is. But yet, what? I, and I don't understand all this, but see, that's part of our problem. Amen. We base our faith and we base our willingness to submit to God and serve Him and obey Him on our ability to understand who He is and what He does. Friend, God ain't always going to make sense to you. Amen. But you still need to obey Him. I don't know how it works. In one sense, we say, what, why should we even pray if God already knows, uh, you know, our situation? He knows our down-sittings, our uprisings. The Bible says He knows what we need before we ever ask Him for it. So why do we even pray? Well, I believe there's answers, and we won't get into that tonight. But first and foremost, we need to do it because God told us to. 
God said to pray. And God said that our prayers make a difference. Amen. Uh, our, you know, in essence, what God's saying is that our prayers have the ability to move the hand of God. Man, that, that, that's... I know you've heard it, I know you know it, but do you understand the significance of that? The most powerful being and entity in this world, the creator and sustainer of all things, the one who appoints kings and brings them down, the one who sustains you, the one who provides your every need, the one who, uh, who is responsible for putting food on your table every single day. Your prayers have the ability to move His hand and make a difference in your life as well as the lives of others. Do we really believe that? Do we really believe that our prayers make a difference? Well, you better, you might as well not pray. Without faith, your prayers are a waste of time. Amen? Amen. We must believe. That, our, that, that God can use our prayers to make a difference for His name. Do you believe tonight that your prayers can change your circumstances? Do you? Do you believe your prayers can, uh, can save your loved ones? Did you know that the fate of your loved ones may very well be dependent upon your, your willingness to Pray faithfully and fervently for them. I know people, Billy Barnum's a perfect example of it. Billy would tell you that he would have never been saved if his mama hadn't spent every single night while he was out running the roads, amen, painting the town. She is on her knees praying for him. Huh? How many people in this world would have died and went to hell if it weren't for somebody praying and getting a hold of God? Amen. Grabbing the, a hold of the, the horns of the altar and just praying, amen, fervently and faithfully and persistently until they prayed through and God met their needs. Do you believe, and, and, and I'm, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself, but that's all right. Because this kind of really is where we went. I mean, God really, really just burdened me about that song, A Wall of Prayer. Do you really believe that your prayers can protect your family? Do you believe that you have the ability to pray a shield and a hedge around your grandbabies? You know what you know what your you know what this younger generation needs more than anything else? What my children need what your grandchildren need. What those kids, snotty-nosed kids we was talking about this morning, they need somebody that, that cares enough about them to, will, to be willing to intercede on their behalf. I'm glad somebody loved me enough to pray for me. <laughs> but yet so many times I'm afraid that, that we don't care enough to get down on a bended knee and, and cry out to God and get a hold of God and and pray fervently that the Lord would shield and protect our children. What's going to happen to our kids 
unless we're willing to pray a wall of prayer around them. To pray a hedge of protection. Do you understand just how vulnerable your children are? Do you realize just how susceptible that they are to be, to be led astray? And to, to become just another statistic of Satan. Amen. Do you realize just how greatly, and I'm not trying to be pessimistic this, this evening, but I am trying to be honest. Do you understand just how much the odds are stacked against your kids living for God? You know, let's just face the music. More than likely, our kids are going to live at a lower standard than what we lived. Right? In other words, our lives will have been better than theirs have been. And I ain't just talking spiritually, I'm talking about financially. Uh, I mean, we have no idea the hell that's coming against our kids. I mean, we ought to see, I mean, our kids more than anybody else in this world are on the devil's hit list. And the devil's crowd's got more sense than we have Amen. To realize that the success or that the key to conquering a culture or changing a society, amen, is to get a hold of the young people. Amen. To, uh, amen. To to capture their minds. Amen. And to, amen, conform their ideas and their thoughts to the world's philosophy rather than God's. Amen. Do you know? Do you know the devil's? Do you know the devil's got more of a burden for our kids than most Christians do? And I'm preaching the truth tonight. Amen. Can I say, if you really care about your kids, you'll pray for them? And can I also say that the most important thing you can do for your children is to pray for them? Your prayers will take them a whole lot further than your money will. Your prayers will take them a whole lot further and help them a whole lot more uh, than an education will, than a career, popularity, than a ball field, amen. Yeah, I'm meddling, that's all right. Best thing you can do, best thing I can do for my kids is to pray a hedge of protection around their lives. Did you know that whether or not your kids go to heaven or hell could, be dep could depend upon your prayers? Could we possibly put too much of an emphasis upon prayer? But what I found in my own life, and especially in most churches, is that we neglect the importance of prayer more than we do anything else. I mean, brother, we're going to make sure we follow the schedule. Go by the bulletin, amen. Make sure we have a, a, a structured order of services. We got to make sure we sing, get a few testimonies in. Amen. Preacher's got to preach a little while, give an altar call. But you know, Jesus said that his house ought to be a house of prayer. Amen. Could we say here at United Baptist Church that, that the answer to our problems is prayer? I, I, amen. Our, our uh, ministries, our techniques and and we need to we need to have an outreach program we need to be going out and knocking on doors and making visits and and why because the bible tells us we should but i'm telling you first and foremost we need to be praying 
This church ought to be dependent upon prayer. The foundation of United Baptist Church must be prayer. Hezekiah was a great man. But the key to Hezekiah's greatness was his faithfulness and devotion to prayer. Anybody say, Preacher, I could do a better job in my prayer life from the pulpit to the pew. Let me just share a few things with you tonight. Verse 14, information. And Hezekiah received a letter of the hand of the messengers and read it. Now really, again, in order to get the context of, of, and the content of this letter, you've got to read back the first 14 verses and really into chapter number 18. But let's just say it this way. He received some really bad news. <laughs> the enemy had surrounded the city. Uh, the Assyrians were starving out. Sennacherib was starving out God's people, and it was just a matter of time. And basically what Sennacherib said was he, was make, he, he made a one big mistake. He made fun of Hezekiah's God. Brother, when the enemy made... Uh, hey, it's, it's one thing for him to make fun of us. Amen. When, he, when the enemy starts pointing his finger at God, that's when he's crossed the line. That's what Sennacherib did. Jerusalem was surrounded. Just like Elisha was surrounded. Amen. His servant that morning got up and said, What shall we do? Well, first thing we got to do is pray. What is your initial reaction to the problems that, that uh, suddenly arise in your life? You, you know, the truth of the matter is that God does not always give us a heads up before problems arise God doesn't always give you a, a notice ahead, ahead of time to prepare you for what may lay ahead in your life down the road this week you say preacher what, what's the best way for me to prepare for my problems pray before your problems <laughs> I mean if you're going to be prepared when the problems come you better pray before they ever come along. Most of us, we don't want to give God the time of day until we get in a mess. Amen. As long, that's why God can't... You know, God wants to bless us more than He blesses us, but He knows that if He blesses us more than He does, that we'll just forget that He ever existed. Amen. But, but if you're going to be able to survive, and to sustain yourself through your problems, you must be willing to prepare yourself spiritually before the problem ever comes. Uh, we don't know what lays ahead. And I'm glad I don't. I'm glad I don't know the future, but bless God, I know the one who does. Yeah, man. Presentation. And he spread it before the Lord. He spread it out before the Lord as if to somehow get the Lord's attention. See, what Hezekiah needed to know, and I don't understand how all this works, but he needed to be aware of the fact that he already had God's attention. God already knew just exactly what Hezekiah was going through and just exactly what he stood in need of. Did you know that's why it is a whole lot better for you to turn to God rather than anybody else? During your problems, because God knows more than anybody else knows. God's knowledge is greater than anyone else's knowledge. Amen? His wisdom, His ways are higher than our ways. 
His thoughts are greater than our thoughts. He knows the end from the beginning. Amen. He has perfect omniscience. That means that God knows everything. Now, I know, I know, I know some preachers who think they know everything. <laughs> but I got news for you. This one don't. And you don't either. But I know who does. God, isn't that wonderful? God knows just exactly how my life's going to play out. And, and everything that happens in my life, I, I believe, is ordered and structured, uh, amen, to prepare me for what's going to happen in my future. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. God knows. I can trust Him. One of the reasons that I can trust God and one uh, of the reasons why God ought to be my first option rather than my last is because He can be trusted. I can trust God. I said it this morning. Don't trust Oprah. Don't trust Dr. Phil. Don't trust the worldly uh, counselors and, amen, the self-help gurus, amen, and the, uh, the, the, uh, the superstar preachers. God can help you more than they can. There's power in prayer. Men, when you pray, you are not informing God of anything. Say, preacher, what am I doing? You're demonstrating your dependency upon Him. See, Hezekiah had trained himself to depend upon the Lord. Who do you depend upon? Who do you turn to during a time of trouble? The banker? The lawyer? The doctor? Jesus is all three of those in one. <laughs> yeah, man! I'd be able to preach if y'all would help me. There's a petition. Hezekiah prayed before the Lord. During a time of trouble, he turned unto the Lord. Whatever we're facing or going through in life, the Lord has the answer. He has the solution. He has the remedy to our problems. You know, a lot of times I'm afraid we don't pray because in our finite minds, prayer seems to be too simple. We got, you know what? That's what that, that's what we human beings do, especially Christians. We complicate things. Amen. Not only do we, if there's not a mess to be made, we make one. But when there is one, we make it worse because we want to take control and manipulate the situation instead of taking our hands off, turning the Lord, said, "Lord, would you help me?" And again, a lot of people are intimidated by prayer. They say, I don't know how to pray because they want to complicate their prayer life. Did you know that prayer is really a simple thing? One thing about it, I promise you, God's not going to be impressed by your prayers. Your ability to articulate certain words. Have you ever heard somebody do that? Our Father. And it's like the deeper the voice they use, the holier they are. Amen? Ain't nothing you can say that's going to impress God. But He still wants you to pray. You know, especially when you're separated from your loved ones as, as a parent, your children, when they're away from you, there is nothing that pulls at your heartstrings when that phone rings and you look and it's your baby. Amen? And, and I don't think there's anything, amen, that moves the heart of God than for one of his youngins to turn their attention towards his throne. 
Isn't it amazing that God would even give us the time of day? <laughs> Isn't it amazing? Isn't it wonderful that the God of heaven, the one you say, well, I'm too busy to pray, brother, you have no idea what busy is. God's got a whole lot more going on than you do, but yet He still is willing to stop. Actually, He don't stop. He just keeps going. But yet still, He gives attention to your prayers. Man, what a wonderful thing it is that God wants to hear our prayers. Amen? I'm afraid that God... <laughs> wants to talk to us a whole lot more than we want to talk to Him. And that's a tragedy. Hezekiah prayed before the Lord. Adulation. So what, what was the content of his prayer? Verse 15, he started, he said, O Lord God of Israel, which dwelleth between the cherubims, thou art the Lord, or thou art the God, even thou alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth, thou hast made heaven and earth. I want you to listen to me, church. Before Hezekiah ever asked the Lord for anything, he first took time to praise Him for who He was and what He had done. You know, I'm afraid that a lot of times the content of our prayers is limited to us asking God for something. And brother, if that's all your prayer life is, it's shallow. Prayer is so much more than asking God to meet your needs. Do you know the first thing you ought to do when you pray is praise His name? <laughs> Amen? You know why a lot of people don't pray, praise Him publicly? Because they don't ever praise Him privately. A lot of times people will not praise the Lord in the church house because they never praise Him in the prayer closet. Amen? God's worthy of your private praise through prayer. We've got to confess our sins, make sure we're clean, because, amen, God's willingness to hear and answer our prayers is dependent upon our willingness to confess our sins. And pretty much every single day, every time I pray, i got something I need to confess. <laughs> Thanksgiving is an important part of prayer. Lord, thank you for what you've done. Before I ever ask you to do anything else, Lord, I just want to say thank you for what you did for me yesterday. Lord, I just want to thank you for what you did the last time I uh, was going through a hard time. The last time I was running short on money. The last time uh, I had an illness. The last time I got bad news. Lord, I just want to thank you and your thanksgiving, amen, will strengthen your faith, what God did, your, your uh, reminiscence of what God did for you yesterday will give you faith for what He's going to do for you in the now and in the future. He thanked God. He praised the Lord. Now there's an attention. Lord, bow down thine ear and hear. Open, Lord, thine eyes and see. And hear the words of Sennacherib, which hath sent him to reproach the living God. Of a truth, Lord, the kings of Assyria have destroyed the nations and their lands. And have cast their gods into the fire, for they were no gods. But the work of men's hands, wood and stone, therefore they have destroyed them. Again, it's almost as if Hezekiah is informing the Lord of something that he already knew. Friend, Jesus said that the Lord knows 
what we need of before we ever ask Him for it. Amen? Matthew 6, 8, For your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask Him. And friend, that ought to bring comfort to your soul, knowing that the Lord your God is never taken by surprise. He's never caught off guard. He knows what's going to happen before it ever takes place. I'm glad I don't, but I'm glad He does. Supplication, verse 19, Now therefore, O Lord our God, I beseech thee, save thou us out of His hand. Notice how simple His prayer of petition was. It wasn't, did you know that the, that the power of Hezekiah's prayer, I, I don't believe, was, was found in the length of it? Now, there ain't nothing wrong with long praying. But just because you pray long doesn't mean that your prayer is effective. Right? Amen. Uh, up Liberty, Brother Ray Bailey, start, Dylan's papa would pray, start praying. And, and Brother, you had time to go, uh, amen, get, get, get lunch ready before he ever got finished praying. Hallelujah. Nothing wrong with that. We need, more, we need to pray longer than what... But listen... The, effective not, uh, the, the effectiveness of our prayers is not determined by the length of it. Neither is the effectiveness of our prayers determined by the fluency of it. You say, well, preacher, I just don't know what to say. It's all right. It's not about your language. It's not about your vocabulary. You know, pretty much the content of Hezekiah, I'm talking about the meat of his inner... Uh, of his, uh, amen, uh, his uh, petition of prayer was found in this. Lord, would you save us out of the king's hand? Lord, we need salvation. We need saving. We need help. We need deliverance. We need provision. Lord, this is what we need. And God, you're the only one that can give us what we need. See, first of all, knowing that he's the only one that can help you, that's the first step to having your prayers answered. Amen. So he just said, Lord, would you, would you save us? Would you help us? Would you do for us what we need you to do? It wasn't a shallow, a flippant, a rehearsed, a casual, or a lackadaisical prayer. But I believe it was a prayer of earnest, fervent desperation. He was getting down to business with the Lord through prayer. When's the last time you got down to business with your heavenly Father? Through prayer. Well, can I say to you this evening, church, that there's no excuse for us not to get down to business and prayer? Why? Because we are in a destitute condition. We are in an urgent situation. Whether it be the condition of our lives, our families, our church, our community, our nation, people going to hell... Every day you hear about somebody ODing on fentanyl. Young people blowing their brains out because they have no hope. They don't know who to turn to. But yet all we do is say some little flippant, casual, shallow prayer that doesn't even make it past the ceiling. When's the last time you got down to business with God concerning the urgent needs in your life? You know what the Bible says? The book of James says the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous man. Now that doesn't mean, that ain't talking about, did you know the volume of your prayer is not the key to success? 
In other words, and I mean this respectfully because there's nothing wrong with loud praying. I mean, anything I do is loud, praise God. Nothing wrong with loud praying. I'm just saying God ain't deaf. Amen. The volume of your, 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 the effectiveness of your prayers is not determined by the volume of it. That's not fervent prayer. Fervent prayer is based out of an urgency and a desperate desperation. Fervent prayer is a prayer that is accompanied by a great burden over the need that we're asking. God to meet. Are our prayers accompanied by as great of a burden as they should be? Do, do we have a, as fervent of an attitude? Do we pray urgently? As if we are in a state of, of emergency? Can I remind you tonight your loved ones going to hell is a big deal? The salvation of your loved ones who are lost. The condition of our young people. People homeless and, and on drugs. And, and young people, children that are being raised without the knowledge of God. The fact that we really are raised in a godless society. That is a state of emergency. We are in a state of emergency. Dead, dried, dried up churches. No spirit, no power, no fire. Just going through the motions. Really don't even want to be here. Just checking our box. That ain't cutting it, brother. We need to get down to business with God and it all starts at the altar. Preacher, I need to be more urgent in my prayer life than what I am. Supplication, verse number 19. Now therefore, O Lord our God, I beseech thee, save us out of his hand. We've already saw that. Intention, verse number 19, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord God, even thou only. That all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord God, even thou only. You know, his prayer was not selfish. It wasn't self-centered. It wasn't, he was not only interested in himself, he wanted God to get the glory through his prayer. Isn't that good? Not deliver me from it, or get me out of it, but get glory through it. <laughs> you know, that ought, to be, that ought to be a priority of your prayer life. Lord, however you answer it. See, a lot of times, you know, today, uh, prayer is is presented as a command. As if we're commanding God or instructing Him. Or, or, or that somehow uh, as if we have the authority to command God to do something. No, that's not prayer, brother. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Amen? When you pray to God, are you content with His will being done over your will? For this is the confidence that we have in Him, 1 John chapter number 5, if we ask anything of Him. Amen. This is the confidence that we know 
that if we ask anything according to His will, we know that we shall have the petitions that we desire of Him. Your prayers should always be parenthesized with not my will, but thine be done. And I promise you, brother, His will starts with Him getting glory out of it. Yep, man. And in an affirmation, verse number 20, then Isaiah the son of Amos, now I'm, I'm, we're getting ready to cover verses quick, all right? Don't get all nervous on me. Amen. I know our attention span, especially for those of us that have spent all week on vacation. <clears throat> Takes us two weeks to get back in the groove. Yep, man. Verse 20, Then Isaiah the son of Amos sent to Hezekiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, That which thou hast prayed to me against Sennacherib, king of Assyria, I have heard. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? God hears your prayers. Amen. God listens. Amen. Uh, Brother Barry Rackley, anytime I've ever called him, his uh, voice machine is always Jeremiah 33.3, calling to me. He said, I'm not available right now, but here's a number that's never busy. Calling to me and I'll answer thee. Amen. You don't have to worry about God being too busy to answer your prayer. Never a busy signal. Never a, uh, amen, just like when you, when you call the, the, the cable company. Uh, amen, to pay a bill and they put you on hold. You don't ever have to worry about the Lord putting you on hold when you ring His number. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that He hears you? Amen. Listens. God had heard and was getting ready to answer Hezekiah's prayer. Ask and receive. Seek and ye shall find. Let us therefore Come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help during a time of need. Don't you ever feel guilty about asking God to meet your need. It's a lie from the devil. Amen. Have comp not arrogance, but confidence and boldness, knowing that amen, you have a direct line to Daddy's house. And anything you need, if it's according to His will, you have access to it because of your identity as his son. We read these verses this morning, Matthew 18, 19. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Mark eleven twenty four. 24. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when you pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. Now again, we've got to read it in context and that is it's all according to His will. Amen. James 5.15, in the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Do you believe God's able to heal? I don't believe in faith healers, amen, but I do believe in the faith healer. <laughs> amen, the great physician. There's power in prayer. God will answer prayer. Prayer is more effective than anything we could ever do in our lives. Did you know prayer is the greatest resource you have at your disposal? It's the greatest tool that is available in your arsenal. Prayer will take you further than... How, many, how much time and energy do we waste doing that we could say praying? Huh? Let me say that again. How much time and energy do we waste doing that we could say praying? 
Prayer will take us longer and carry us further than anything else will. There's a foundation. Now, I'm not going to read 21 through 27. We've already read them. But basically, we find that the foundation of Hezekiah's prayer was based upon the Word of God. Did you know that's where your confidence in your prayer... Did you know there's no distinction between prayer and the Word of God? They're intertwined and interconnected with one another. Amen? The foundation of your prayer life are the truths, the principles, and here it is, the promises of what the Bible says. When you pray, amen, pray according to what God's promised. Your prayers must be founded upon the promises of God. And brother, if God said it, there ain't nothing the devil can do about it. I don't care what your... Listen... You know what happens? We allow our prayers or our lack of prayer. Listen to me tonight. We allow our prayers or our prayerlessness to be more influenced by our situations and circumstances more than we do the promises of God. I'm not going to pray because the outlook is so bleak. So your faith is founded on your circumstances rather than God's promises. Amen? Friend, I'm telling you, the promises of God trump your circumstances. There's more power in what God's Word says than anything that's going on or taking place in your life. Boy, if I could only learn to master that one. Dominion, verse 28, Because thy rage against me and thy tumult is come up into mine ears, therefore will I put my hook in thy nose and my bridle in thy lips, and I will turn thee back by the way by which thou camest. Again, this, this all has to do with the ability, and I don't understand how all this works. You know, I, you, you're not going to get me to say that I think our prayers can change God's mind. I ain't saying that, but I'm just saying that our prayers can make a difference in our circumstances. Our prayers can move God's hand. You say, preacher, why, that's in, why is that so important? Why is that... Such a great thing because God's power is greater than anybody or anything in this world. The Assyrians were the most powerful uh, kingdom, empire in all the world. They basically ruled the world at that time. But yet God said, I'm going to put a hook in their nose and drag them back where they came from with their tail tucked between their legs. Prayer gives you access to the power of God. Prayer gives you access to dunamis, God's dynamite. And friend, you may not be able to change it or fix it, but I promise you God's dynamite will get the job done, brother. <laughs> Amen. God, hey, the power of God can move mountains through prayer, can remove mountains through prayer. The power of God can change lives through prayer. The power of God can save lost people through prayer. The power of God can heal addicts through prayer. Amen. The power of God can provide for you financially through prayer. The, the power of God can heal sickness according to God's will through prayer. We've seen it happen, have we not? My mom's, she's got more, she's better than a cat. She got more than nine lives, hallelujah. 
They're right. Amen. According to the doctor, she should have been gone a long time ago. Right? But God healed her. You know how he healed her? Because there was a preacher. Am I telling the truth tonight? That was willing to stay at this church and pray fervently all day on Saturday until God gave him an answer. We ain't got that kind of praying going on. That's why we ain't getting that kind of answering going on. It's amazing what a prayer can do. Amen. I'm almost finished. Y'all have been done 30 minutes. Prescription. Verse 29, 30. This shall be a sign unto thee. Ye shall eat this year such things as grow of themselves, and in the second year that which springeth of the same, and in the third year sow ye and reap and plant vineyards and eat the fruits thereof. And the remnant that is escaped of the house of Judah shall yet again, here it is, you ought to underline this, may be the most powerful phrase of the entire section of Scripture, take root downward and bear fruit upward. That ought to make a Baptist shout. If you'll take fruit downward, take root downward, you'll bear fruit upward. Oh, brother, that's a gold nugget if I ever saw one. We could, listen, say it with me. We got, we, we, got a, we got a hit on this. Say it with me. Take root downward. Man, that would kill me. Sound just like a Baptist. Take root downward. Bear fruit upward. <laughs> you see, that's the opposite of the law of gravity. <laughs> Amen. What goes up must first come down. Well, that's kind of the same thing. You'll, hey, and God, God's law of gravity is you'll never go up until you first go down. <laughs> you know, that's what we've got to do. If we're going to break through, pray through, there is such a thing as praying through, huh? You're going to have to take root down. Amen. You got to. You're gonna have to, to to hammer your prayer stakes deep into the soil, and, and get serious about doing business with God on your on your knees until you see breakthrough. You'll never bear fruit upward unless you're willing to take root first downward. Oh my! Can I, let me ask you something tonight. May I say, Lord's helped us tonight. Lord's helping. Lord's helping me. Where's your prayer fruit? Where's your prayer fruit? Where's your list of answer of prayers? Uh, where's your list of needs that have been met in your life through prayer? Where is your list of souls that have been saved through prayer? We ought to have. We ought to all have a prayer. Have, have some prayer fruit. You know why we ain't getting as much prayer fruit? You know why we're not seeing as much fruit upward? 
We ain't sowing enough seed downward. The principle of sowing and reaping. If you want to see some fruit in your life, you better sow some seed, brother. And the best kind of seed you can sow in your life is pray. Pray and praise the Lord. You know, it's an indictment against every one of our lives. We ought not to have to think back 20 and 30 years to find prayer fruit. If we believe God's going to do what He said He'll do, ask and ye shall receive, seek and ye shall find. Calling me alive. Where's the fruit? Does it mean that God's negligent? Does it mean God's unfaithful? Does it mean God's not doing what He said He'll do? No, it's because God is waiting for us to do our part. Sow the seed so He can water the ground and give the increase. Amen? Never bear fruit upward until you take root downward. Wow. I love the Bible. Selection for out of Jerusalem shall go forth a remnant, and they that escape out of Mount Zion. Do you know it don't take a it don't take a crowd to get a hold of God? It doesn't take uh, the masses of the multitudes to catch God's attention. God can do as much through one as he can a house full. Says all he needs is two to agree. Boy, that's that right there'd be a miracle if you get two Baptists to agree on anything. Can I get a witness tonight? <laughs> all he needs a remnant. What would God do at United Baptist Church if what we've got here, the remnant, gets serious about prayer? We get serious. We we get serious about doing business with God. Through prayer, we take root in our prayer lives downward so that we believe that God will give this church a fruit harvest upward through prayer. Amen? We can see breakthrough here at our church, but it'll come through prayer quicker than it will any other way. Motivation 31, the zeal of the Lord of hosts shall do it. Man, God's got zeal. God's interested. He's concerned. He has a desire. He wants to. Problem is, He's got more zeal than we got. He has more of a desire to, to meet our needs and to hear our prayers than we do to talk. We, we just, we're not interested in talking to Him. Amen. We stand Him up from day to day. He's just sitting in heaven waiting for a phone call from you. When's, when's, when's Brother Nick going to ring my number? Isn't that, isn't that something that's... Don't that bother you when you're expecting a, to get a phone call from somebody you love and care about and the phone never rings? How you think God feels when, when, when we go days on end without even taking the time to pick up the phone and call Him? We need some zeal in prayer. It's part of fervent prayer is zealous prayer. It's prayer of it. I can't wait to pray. I can't wait to talk to God. Amen. Do you get excited about your prayer life? Protection, verse 32 through 34. The Lord promised to shield Jerusalem from the arrows of the Assyrians. Why? Because Hezekiah cared enough to pray a protective hedge around the city. I said at the beginning of the message, you know what will 
whose life literally hangs in the balance over our prayers. Whose eternal destiny? Boy, I appreciate Pam requesting prayer for her neighbors. Amen? Do you know her neighbor's salvation may be dependent upon her willingness to keep praying? Be persistent in prayer, not give up? Again, our kids, future young people, America. What's going to happen to America if we don't pray? What's going to happen to our city, our community, if we don't pray? Our prayers may be the only thing standing between our loved ones and destruction. Don't ever get the devil to cause you to underestimate the importance of prayer. Finally, salvation. Verse 36 through 37, we've already read it. God smote Zanacharib and gave Judah a great deliverance, all because of Hezekiah's prayers. Who's dependent on our prayers? What will happen if we do pray? Huh? What would happen if we take root downward? What would happen at United Baptist Church if a small remnant of folks that are left said, Preacher, we don't have anybody left. We got enough. Amen? We do. What would happen if we would, would pray? I mean, time to, to, to get down to business with God about prayer. But here's the opposite of that. And this ought to scare you, friend. What's going to happen if we don't pray? What's going to happen to your kids, my kids, my grandkids? If I don't pray, if I don't pray a wall of prayer and a hedge of protection around me. There are no reserve forces, friend. I promise you, if you don't care about them, the world don't. Nobody else is going to pray for them if you don't pray for them. Nobody else gives a rip if you don't. Nobody else is going to build and grow and pray for this church. Do you know that's what will build the church is prayer? Nobody else is going to pray for United Baptist Church if we don't. What would happen if we will pray? But the alternative is what's going to happen if we don't pray. Let's all stand tonight. Friend, there's power in prayer. And just as sure as I'm standing here tonight, God has placed this message on my heart. This is the message of the hour for God's people. Will we hear? Father in heaven, I love you and I thank you. And I pray from the pulpit of the pew, every single one of us would become more serious, more urgent, more zealous, more fervent. Have more faith. Believe that our prayers truly will make a difference. God, if I didn't believe there's power in prayer, I wouldn't be standing here tonight because that'd mean you're a liar and that your word is just another fairy tale. God, as we conclude the service, maybe it'd be good for just a, a group of people to come forward and gather at an old-fashioned altar and pray. Father, I'm afraid we miss out on so many blessings because we focus so much on time. 
Lord, I know it's getting late, but it's a whole lot later than what we realize. Father, I'm thankful you love me enough to pray for me. Oh, God, I've gone through a time in the last couple of months. There's days I, I couldn't pray for myself. Lord, when I couldn't pray for myself, Lord, I know that the Holy Ghost was praying for me and Jesus was interceding on the right hand of the throne of God. Oh, God, more than anything else, would United Baptist Church be known as being a house of prayer? Oh, God. God, what will you do if we just pray? God, what's going to happen if we don't pray? God, it's not my words. It's not my vocabulary. It's, it's not my intellect. God, you're not impressed with my prayers. Lord, the power is not in me. It's in you. But God, if I'm not willing to pray, if I'm not willing to take root downward, I cannot expect you to give fruit upward. God, I need fruit in my life. I need fruit in my family. God, I need fruit in my children. The lives of my children. My God, the lives of young people that are dependent upon me and are wondering, where's the church van at? Where's preacher Nick at? Oh, God. God, people come through the ark every single day, hundreds of people. And Lord, when they ask me to pray for them, help me, Lord. Not to lie to them. God, their salvation may depend upon my prayers. God, whether they live or die may depend upon whether or not I'm willing to take time to pray. God, who's going to go to hell because I don't pray? Who's going to go to heaven if I do? Who's going to get saved? Oh, God. Thank you for this remnant. Lord, we've lost a lot. And Lord, it's not all... Those who've left fault. God, things are complicated. Lord, there's not an easy answer. Sometimes we don't know what to do. But oh God, if we just stand still. Quit trying to fix it. Quit trying to figure it out. Quit acting as if we have all the answers. Lord, if we just stand still and see thy salvation. Lord, if we'd anticipate, if we'd expect... What if we'd come to church on Sunday morning believing that those that we invited are going to show up? God, what would we do? God, what would happen at United Baptist Church if, amen, the services have been saturated throughout the week in a, in a time of prayer? God, help us not to just pray when we're at, at church, but Lord, help us to pray at home, God, in our prayer closet. God, help us to take time each and every single day to come to You in a time of prayer. God, our church needs prayer. My family needs prayer. America needs prayer. Green County, Tennessee is in desperate need of prayer. 
The drug addicts need prayer. The homeless need prayer. The young people need prayer. But oh God, it's amazing. Still amazing what a prayer can do. God, I pray that you'd heal the sick according to thy will through prayer. I pray that you'd supply the needs of my family through prayer. Help us to become a people who are absolutely and totally dependent upon prayer. God, there's a lot of things that we can do without and get by apart from one thing that i got to do. I have to pray. God, I can pray. What a privilege I have to pray. Come into your presence with, without worrying about getting kicked out. Lord, you, you'll never cast me out, Lord. Lord, you promised that you'd never reject me. But Lord, you'll take time to hear my prayers. And God, you'll never shun me or slight me. You'll never give me the cold shoulder. <laughs> You'll never treat me as if I'm a bother to you. But God, you will always take time to hear and answer my prayer. Help me to pray according to thy will. Help me to pray with, to pray with faith believing that what I ask you to do, you're going to do it. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for meeting with a group of people who hadn't given up, who hadn't thrown in the towel. We may be low, but Father, we're not done yet. We're still going. And we still believe that through prayer and with prayer, one day we're going to look back and say, look what the Lord done. And Lord, when you do it, we won't be able to take credit for it. <laughs> Lord, I won't be able to stand up here and tug on my suit coat and say, look what I've done. and Look at how great I am. and Lord, I'm nothing. But oh God, you're everything. God, you're wonderful. You're marvelous. You're amazing. You are the great and mighty God to whom I bow my knee to. Lord, you help me to help. Lord, I pray that you might have my full allegiance and help me to demonstrate it day by day through prayer. Thank you for your sweet spirit. Lord, there is a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. It's an oasis. It's a place of rest and tranquility. Lord, we're getting ready to go out those doors into the storm. But God, help us not be afraid of it. Help us to prepare for battle. And help us to go out and collect some vessels. And bring them in, Lord, believing that you're going to fill them up and use them for your glory. Oh, God, thank you for victory. Thank you for confirmation. God, this morning and tonight, God, you've assured my soul that we're on the right track. I can't lie. Lord, there's been times even since I've come back, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing more harm than good? But Lord, I still believe. 
that you've got to work for us to do. Lord, would you place here who you want to be a part of this church? God, would you add unto the body daily such as should be saved? God, would you protect us from any wolves that might want to come in and devour us? God, put a hedge of protection around this church. God, the devil has a target on this church. God, he's been trying to destroy it before I was ever born. But God, you put it here and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Put a hedge. Surround this body of believers with a wall of prayer. Surround the families, God, that are here as well as those who are not here with a wall of prayer. God, help us not to hold a grudge against anybody that's left. Help us to pray for them. Lord, when we pray for those maybe that we're at odds with, God, it'll check us, keep us in line, and make sure that we don't have the wrong attitude towards them. God, help us to pray for everybody. Lord, there, there ought not be anybody in this world that I'm not willing to pray for. God, help us to do that. We ask it in Jesus' name and for His sake. All God's people said, Amen. Surely the presence of the Lord has met with us tonight. Amen. And what a wonderful thing that it is that the Creator and Sustainer of all things is willing to meet with a small group of people at the Little Brick Church on the Buckingham Road. All minds and hearts clear tonight before we dismiss. Go ahead, Lyle. Praise God. Amen. Yeah. Yes, sir, bro. Uh-huh. Amen. Amen. That's good. Yeah. That's right. You're right, Lyle. Yeah. Yeah, help me, Lord. Help me. Go ahead. Yes, sir, brother. Blessed. <laughs> yep. Amen. How many of you pray a wall of prayer around Lyle's family? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yes, sir, brother. <laughs> yep. That's good, Lyle. Man, that's so good. Amen. 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 That's good. That's good, Maria. Amen. Anybody else?
Amen. 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 Pray a wall of prayer around Uncle Kenny. Amen. Praise the Lord. Anyone else before we dismiss tonight? It's been good to be in the Lord's house. How many say, uh, Brother Nick, I'm going to make a special effort this week to spend more time praying than what I have been? Amen. Amen. All right. Well, brother, will you dismiss us in prayer?